It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Just went over 2,200 subscribers. Again, thank you so much to everyone who supported the show since we launched on YouTube back at the end of February. If you're not able to check out the show on YouTube. That's okay. You can always check us out on all the traditional podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, TuneIn. You know where to find us. Just make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show so that you can find every single episode of Locked on Panthers. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on the show. To participate in tomorrow's mailbag, make sure to at me, at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council by Thursday afternoon, and I'll answer your question a part of this week's weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. The Carolina Panthers finally hit the practice field down at Wofford College Wednesday afternoon as training camp has officially begun. And we talked about yesterday how excited everyone was. The vibes were were great. They were immaculate that the team was ready to compete and that everyone, some guys even showed up early, like Christian McCaffrey there on Monday, and everyone reported on Tuesday, and they just went and hit the practice field. It's that time of the year where everyone's in the best shape of their life. They're excited to compete and get out there and perform and see what's ahead of them in 2022. And here in Carolina, as we talked about ad nauseum yesterday, there's a ton of competition going on in pretty much every single position group and fostering that culture of competition where a job is up every single day and you're going to go out there and earn it is absolutely something the Carolina Panthers need you to do, and I'm happy to see it. And I'm primarily happy to see it at the quarterback position. As Sam Darnold has not handed this job this year, there was a guy in Baker Mayfield who the Panthers traded for a couple weeks ago that was coming in here directly to take Sam Darnold's job, and I think that he will take Sam Darnold's job. We will, of course, talk about plenty of these competitions, especially at offensive line, what's going on defensively as well, receiver-wise. But the main focus among me and a lot of people in the media and fans covering this team and watching this team and following what they do the next couple weeks is going to be on Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. Now, unfortunately, I am not there at training camp day in and day out. Not really going to be there at all. I still have my main jobs at NASCAR. I can't tell them, hey, guys, taking a day off so I can go down to Spartanburg and stand in 100-degree heat and watch this team practice. But I'm going to try and give you the best perspective I can by looking at what's going on via Twitter, which you can do, but I'm going to give you my opinion of it. And the same thing is also I'm going to try and get people who are down there, like I've done throughout the show, get people who are boots on the ground in Spartanburg at Wofford to give me their perspective on what they're seeing. But just from what I've heard and what I've read, you know, just day one. 
stuff going on. Okay, as far as the reps and how many Baker's getting and Sam's getting, that was a question that was thrown out on Monday to Matt Rule. He didn't answer it. It was thrown out to Tuesday to Matt Rule. He didn't answer it. Finally, we got the answer on Wednesday by just, well, viewing it ourselves, at least the folks down there in Spartanburg. For the seven-on-seven, and this comes from Ellis Williams of the Charlotte Observer. Does a great job. He's been on the uh, show a couple times. Baker and Sam Darnold both split reps evenly. Each got 10 throws versus the defense. Baker showed early chemistry, apparently, with Brandon Zilstra. Two targets. One was a caught curl. The only deep ball that we saw all day, apparently, was Baker, an incomplete pass to Brandon Zilstra, who is a man that he aforementioned had pretty good early chemistry with, as Baker was working with the twos on Wednesday afternoon. Sam Darnold seemed like he had maybe more of a positive start through two red zone touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, if that sounds familiar, that's something that Sam Darnold did a lot early on last year in dunking it down to Christian McCaffrey. And if he's back healthy, that is going to help Baker and Sam, whoever is under center this upcoming season with CMC, who I think when healthy is one of the top five, top 10 playmakers in the NFL on the offensive side of the ball. Now, as far as PJ Walker, Matt Corral go, apparently they only got three reps. I'm going to imagine that's three reps each character limit. I'm sure Ellis couldn't put in reps or each in there, but Matt Corral, someone who we wondered how much, is he going to get time out there under center with the, especially with the ones or the twos, only three reps on Monday or sorry, on Wednesday afternoon in seven on seven. So hard to look at him as being a part of the competition when clearly just by the reps, it's been made obvious that this is Sam versus Baker. And we all knew that going in. I, I don't know whether it was Matt who went before PJ or PJ went before Matt. Either way, three quarterbacks are going to be in a roster and safe to assume just based off of contracts and how things are likely going to play out, that P.J. Walker will not be one of them. Matt Rule did come out later on that afternoon and explain what they wanted to do. Sam got the ones on Wednesday. Baker will get the ones on Thursday after being with the twos. The thought process with that apparently is that they want to make sure that they're working with the same receivers throughout the day. So Baker was working out with Rashard Higgins, who he has chemistry with back in Cleveland. He was working out with Brandon Zilstra and the rest of the twos, whereas Sam will be working with Robbie, Terrace, DJ, and the one. So that's what he did on Wednesday. That will get flip-flopped to on Thursday as – or today, I guess, whatever. Um, and that will be when Baker Mayfield gets to do as far as the receivers and working out with him um, that day. Now, one of the concerns that we do have for both these guys is turnovers. Baker has 56, Sam has 52. Those are the most amount of interceptions since coming into the league back in 2018. So 56 interceptions for Baker, 52 interceptions for Sam. Now, Baker has been able to, in a way, overcome that by throwing 92 touchdowns. Sam's only thrown 54. So you can live with it more with Baker than you can with Sam. But either way, both of those guys need to protect the football. Baker Mayfield threw an interception on Wednesday to Keith Taylor. On a deep pass, apparently he was tipped by Justin Burris, who re-signs, probably going to be a death piece this year, out in the secondary at safety. And then almost, Sam threw one to Damian Wilson, the linebacker who comes in from Jacksonville last year. He had one that should have been intercepted in the end zone. So Baker Mayfield came out, talked about his feelings about how everything went down, that he didn't love some of the accuracy on his throws. He got a little greedy with one. I think that's probably the one that got intercepted by Keith Taylor. And Sam even talked about, like, he felt okay about things, but should have been picked off. Just trying to get in the swing of things. And the one thing that 
found that was interesting was that Sam and Baker both talked about this as they're gaining understanding of this offense. And for Baker, it's just been trying to drink out of a fire hose. And really, this has been the only time he's ever met with the coaches, just knowing what the NFL's dead period when he got when he was traded for, then once he got officially that went through the league office that he was officially a Carolina Panther, that's when he got a playbook two weeks ago. And then today, or last night probably, were the first time, or Tuesday and Wednesday, the first time he's been able to sit down and actually talk to Ben McAdoo, talk to Sean Ryan, talk to his offensive coaching staff, and understand what they're trying to have him execute. Because you can teach yourself one thing, but also they have to teach in the way that they want you to interpret it and understand how the offense is going to be run. And with that, Baker and Sam have been working in tandem, bouncing ideas off of each other, and how to properly execute. Like, Sam was asked about this. is like, yeah, I'm not going to sit back there and root for this guy to do bad. Like, that would be silly. And he hears all the fans. And it's funny, like, when you're watching his press conference, which I went back and did, you can hear in the background all the fans screaming Baker's name. Last year, the fans were screaming Sam's name. But that's changed because of his play. And the expectation, based off of the Panthers, uh, turning every stone over this offseason to try and find a new quarterback – that Baker Mayfield will be that starter. So, I, again, I appreciate how Sam's handled the situation. The reps so far already at 50-50. Uh, Sam got the first snap with the first team, which I expected to happen just based off he's been here. But now Baker will get his opportunity on Thursday, and we'll continue to see it. Like, until the pads come on, not too much to interpret as far as Baker and Sam and how they're playing. The reps, interesting to see to see what P.J. Walker and Matt Corral are also getting, it lets you know that there's a pretty discernible difference between, like, the two guys that are actually competing and the other two guys that are just, in a way, hanging out here over the course of training camp until the start of the season, whenever the Panthers decide who the number one quarterback is going to be. Now, there was one thing that is concerning in Carolina. Rashawn Melvin retires. J.C. Horn, that foot, missed 14 games of the last year. That apparently is still an issue. Cornerback depth becoming somewhat a concern after day one of training camp down in Spartanburg. We'll talk about more of that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. If you haven't tried Bilt Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. You ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Bilt has done it again. Y'all, I got these in the mail like two weeks ago, and I ran through them in a day. I have not had a Built Bar flavor better than the cookie dough chunk puffs. They are light, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run! Don't walk to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them all for yourself. To do that, go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a way, Matt Rule did warn us the other day that there could be other guys to go on the pup list, the PUP list, the uh, physically unable to perform list. Shaq Thompson, as we know, the elder statesman there, and know that Carolina Panthers defense will miss all of training camp and should be good to go week one against the, Car- against the Cleveland Browns and should be good to go. We have no idea what's going to happen with Shaq because he had something cleaned up in his knee and the hope is that he'll be ready to go, that he'll be in the physical condition enough to be ready because that's one of the things like training camp no longer is what it used to be back in the old days where guys weren't in shape. They come to training camp to get in shape, do two-a-days and all that with the NFLPA and some of the new rules. They can't do as much as they used to do. Like practice is only really like hour 10. On Wednesday, Matt Rule said after they did all the stretching portion, had the walkthrough early on in the morning when it was cooler down there in Spartanburg, as it's always ridiculously hot, like it is all across the Carolinas this time of year. But um, nowadays, like guys got to be right there in shape and they have the conditioning test and they were going to find out Tuesday evening who was in shape and who was not in shape. And one player who apparently is just not ready to go just yet is J.C. Horn, who after the conditioning test said that he had some soreness in his foot which is a concern as Carolina Panthers have put him on the active PUP list right now. He was chomping at the bit to get out there on practice on Wednesday. Matt Rule, speaking to the media afterwards, said it's not a major concern right now. They think it's only it's only precautionary that they kept him out. He wanted to go out there and practice. They're just going to let, let him rest and see how it works out. So it's a minor concern, not something that they're thinking it's going to be long-term. But, man, foots are tricky. And, I, of course, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to sit here and act like I know. But we've been through it with Cam a couple years ago and with his foot injury that cost him the rest of the season, and he played two games on it after injuring it against New England in week three of the preseason. Just did not look right week one against the Rams back in 2019. Didn't look right week two on Thursday night against the Bucks, on, and especially when he didn't run on those short-yarded situations. Like, still, the concern was – the shoulder, and he threw that deep ball to Curtis Samuel down the sideline. You're thinking, all right, no problem there. And he was overthrowing a lot of guys to the boundary the week before against Los Angeles. Turns out it was the foot, man, and he was done for the rest of the season after that. We we talked about, okay, Kyle Allen can come in here. He can, keep, he can fill in and win games, and Cam can come back after the bye, after London. Then the Panthers were ready to go. But then we kept pushing it back and pushing it back, and eventually – that was it. And that was the last we saw of Cam Newton until last year when he made his, uh, his I guess, heroic homecoming back to Carolina. That was a very fun days that didn't work out. But the foot then, that was a problem. And last year, we talked about J.C. Horn. Okay, he breaks his foot. There's a chance that he could come back if the Panthers are in the thick of the playoff hunt. They never were. And he also was never back in shape to be ready to play as far as the foot goes. And that it's now lingered to this point in time. And this was not a concern that – they had shown at all heading into training camp. The questions were about, like, Davion Nixon, about Baker, 
and about Christian McCaffrey. No one has really asked about J.C. Horn's health and whether he would be good to go. He seemed fine during OTA's mandatory minicamp. Now we're down here getting close to the season, and he's not available. And what's concerning about that is not just like, yeah, your top corner, the guy who you spent an eighth overall pick on a year ago, is shelved for the current time, and hopefully, fingers crossed, like right now, the key thing is they said, right now, we don't think it's a long-term thing. They never said flat out, it's not a long-term thing. He'll be back like tomorrow. Like right now, from their evaluation, everything is cool. And I'm not trying to be an alarmist at all. It's just from what we've seen, that stuff can be tricky. I think I'm hoping he's going to be fine, but it makes you a little bit uneasy in part because Rashawn Melvin retired on Wednesday at the age of 32. Now, Rashawn Melvin... I think it was on his ninth team here in Carolina. I talked about that last year. Hey, they brought a guy who's long, lanky, whatever. He's in a veteran. But he didn't even make the, the initial 53-man roster. He did eventually come back on the practice squad and made the active roster and contributed at times here in Carolina. But he was never a game-breaker. But he was someone that was a body that you could put out there and had experience. Now when you look at the depth there at corner, which is a position the Panthers have spent a lot of capital on, over the last couple of years since Matt Rule got here, you got to be somewhat concerned. Because if they had an injury or two, like I talked about to y'all when we were doing our position breakdowns, like I think this can be a really good unit, but they have an injury or two, then you kind of get a little bit concerned about can this guy step up for them? Like Dante's out there, he's healthy. He's had injuries the last two seasons. I'm not sitting here questioning Dante and his um, ability to stay healthy, like the turf toe, like that's just, that's bad luck, man. And then I think it was a groin last year. It happens. Now, the muscle injuries are a little bit more concerning than, like, the turf, though, kind of stuff that happens. And, then, like, if you have a break, is like, that's just football. And, again, it is it is all just football. It's not like he's injury prone. But the last two years, like Christian, he struggled with injuries. But right now, you got him out there. We know he's not a number one corner, so you don't want Dante to be in a position where he has to do that because we saw last year against Washington what happened when he was lined up against Terry McLaurin. He got cooked. C.J. Henderson – a lot of expectations. I don't know expectations, but we need to see a lot from him this year, especially considering that he's in the same situation as Derrick Brown entering that third season after being a top 10 pick in that 2020 draft where the team that now has you has to consider after the season taking inventory of your three years, and there's less for CJ of whether they want to exercise that fifth-year option. And right now for both of those players, I think going into the year, the thought would be if the Panthers had to make the decision today, they wouldn't on either one of those players. CJ's likely going to be slotted there in the slot. Uh, no pun intended, I guess if that's a pun, but whatever. He's likely to be right there in the slot. That is based off of JC being healthy. So now, now he might have to play more of a boundary or field corner. And then now you put in Miles Hartsfield, who's been a good player for the Panthers, solid uh, since uh, being a UDFA out of Ole Miss. He's back, and maybe he slots in there as far as what like in the slot instead of CJ who would have to kick out or maybe Miles goes out to play the bound near the field opposite of, of Dante. Keith Taylor had the pick today or on Wednesday against Baker Mayfield. That's positive. They've talked a lot about how they like Keith moving, like especially at the end of last season when he was thrust into a starting role because of the injuries to JC and Dante and Stephon Gilmore. He held his own for the most part. Young, talented player out of Washington. Like, I like him. Washington always puts out solid secondary players through the last decade of Chris Peterson being a head coach there. And then now they have the other coach. I don't know. I forget his name. Uh, Kalen DeBoer. Whatever. They've consistently put out really good defensive players, especially 
in the secondary. And Keith Taylor is now a long line of that. You have other depth guys, like Chris Westry, who's the tallest corner on this team, started a couple games last year in Baltimore. I've seen different reporters say he's on the roster bubble or he's solid. Stan Thomas Oliver's got to show something here in year three to keep him on the roster outside of just special teams because Kalen Barnes, who's a better athlete, bigger than him, played for Rule back at Baylor, was recruited by Rule back at Baylor. That's someone they probably look at as we'd rather have him this year's iteration of a seventh-round pick than the 2020 version of a seventh-round pick. So Stan Thomas Oliver's got to show something. Andre Harper, thanks for hanging out, but he's not going to make the roster. Like, if Dante, CJ, Miles Hartsfield, and Keith Taylor are your corners, we don't feel as confident as we would if J.C. Horn's out. Like, I, I think with J.C., Dante, and CJ, two top ten picks, a second-round guy, and in Hartsfield, who's been a solid player, and in Keith Taylor, who's a young, ascending kind of guy, you feel really good about that. But again, one injury to this secondary, this corner unit, and losing a veteran in Melbourne and Rashawn Melvin, who maybe makes a roster, I'm not sure, at least adds some veteran presence, like that's tough. So just early on, I'm not, I'm not sounding the alarm just yet. I don't think anyone should, but it is one of those concerns you just look at it. You have two. You have two injuries. You got one guy retires, one injury in that in that position group, and those numbers start to dwindle. Which also means now, though, since Rashawn Melvin has retired, that there's only 89 guys down there in Spartanburg at Wofford College. Which means there's one open roster spot. What position should the Carolina Panthers, namely Scott Fitterer, look to fill with that roster spot? Edge rusher, defensive tackle, cornerback. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. While it's unfortunate that Rashawn Melvin decided to retire right before camp, and I was wondering when... When Matt Rule talked about, okay, we'll figure it out. Like, some guys might have to go on PUP, and everyone we expected to be here is here. And, like, Rashawn Melvin wasn't there. It kind of did – I didn't know what to think because he's, he's doing something personal. I don't know if my mind went straight to, like, oh, this dude's about to retire. But now we're seeing that he retired. And that's something that Russell Okung, the rent tackle should have done a couple years ago. When he came right before camp during a pandemic, I totally get it. The dude's talking about, yeah, I might retire. I'm not really sure if I want to do this. Either all in or you're all out. Like from everything I've ever heard from former NFL players, when they get close to retirement, you can't fake it. You either gotta be just totally focused and honed in on football, and if you're not even a hundred percent in, you just gotta go because it's just not gonna work out for you. And even for Rashawn Melvin, did you want to spend the next five weeks, or really through the next five weeks, down there sweating your tail off in Spartanburg, playing with the twos? And trying to make and trying to grind to make this roster, probably not. Dude's probably made enough money. I don't know. He's he's 
definitely wealthier than all of us uh, combined who are listening, talking about this podcast, podcast right now. He's had a good career. He bounced around, played. I don't know how long he played, but played on nine different teams. He's 32, so he probably played about a decade. And once you get to a decade, you get that uh, the NFL um, pension. So I, hopefully he got to that mark. I, I I don't know, but good for him. Matt Rule said he's a class act and all that kind of stuff. So not great timing because you would have loved to have already filled that roster spot with someone else like my guy Davis Cheek uh, who could have come out and been the fifth quarterback, but I get what they did there once they brought in Baker. Um, but now Scott Fitter has got to figure out how to fill that spot. There's still the questions about Carlos Dunlap. There's still the questions about uh, Danny Shelton who was – in on Monday for a visit with Carolina. And now there could be a question to you add another corner to that room. If I was going to go just off of that ranking of, all right, edge rusher, defensive tackle, cornerback, which of those positions would I like to see them address first? It's got to be edge rusher. Frankie Lubu came out, talked to the media also on Wednesday after practice. I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm not coming out here and saying that, yeah, we need someone to come in and take Frankie's spot. No, Frankie, he's going to start in Hassan Reddick's spot. And it's also going to be kind of a by-committee approach. But if you could, in a way, supplement that by bringing in someone like Dunlap, who is a veteran, then I'm totally cool with that. Now, the thing is, you have to wait. It's a two-way street. It has to work for the player. It has to work for the team. They're trying to figure out contract terms there. Same thing with defensive tackle. Two positions that Scott Fitterer said on Tuesday that he would absolutely like to address sometime during camp and he will address it I'm very confident like when he he signed up to do fix the offensive line add competition to the quarterback room he's done that he brought in Icky he drafted Cade Mays he brought in uh, Bradley Bozeman Austin Corbett four new guys there on the offensive line two new quarterbacks by drafting Matt Corral and in trading for Baker Mayfield everything that man has said he's pretty much done words are great but actions are what matter most. And by his actions, Scott Fitter is telling you that he is a very serious man about the things that he sets out to do here in Carolina to try and put a competitive team on the field. And he's done that in those positions. Now he's got to try and go out there. And I think he will do that by finding a defensive end and defensive tackle. The best thing for him is he doesn't have to worry about having to cut somebody. He can still look at some of these other players and evaluate them and see, especially the guys who are on a roster bubble, who might be worthy, worth keeping around for uh, the practice squad, or who could slide in there and actually make the roster that might not got an opportunity had they decided to release them to bring in a Shelton or to bring in a um, Carlos Dunlap. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm going edge rusher first, defensive tackle second. Maybe, man, honestly, I don't know. I might go corner. If they can just bring in one veteran guy, I'm not saying someone to come in here and take the spot of JC or Dante. I mean Dante. That's like that's not going to happen. And I'm not really necessarily saying to have somebody come in here and take um, Keith Taylor's spot. Like I think those guys and Miles Hartsfield and CJ Henderson are solid. But you can get one more veteran guy in here just for camp. I'm totally fine with that. So like defensive tackle as a whole, like Derek Brown's going to be in there all season long. Matt Ioannidis, like those are going to be your two starters. And you already you drafted like Phil Hoskins last year out of Kentucky. You've drafted Bravion Roy. And they drafted three defensive tackles through the last I mean, their first two drafts here in Carolina, Matt Rule, they drafted three defensive tackles. Like they've pretty much done what they needed to do there. And they've replaced the veteran that they lost in Daquan Jones with a veteran who they're familiar with in Matt Ioannidis. Sure, you can add somebody else if they if they want to add depth. I'm totally fine with that, especially if it's a veteran like Shelton who's actually played in this league and started in this league in New England and in Detroit. 
It's something that Phil Hoskins hasn't got an opportunity really to do. Brave Beyond Roy's been a situational guy as far as more as a run stopper. If they think Shelton can come in here and perform better at that role, I'm cool with it. Like depth overall, I, I kind of feel fine with that. And corner again, feel fine with it. Just one more injury, like if Dante or CJ goes down, that can really uh, stress things here in Carolina. And an important thing too, when Spitter was talking about how it's a two-way street, a lot of these guys also like to wait like a week or two in a training camp before deciding to sign on. One, because well, why go out there and and, spin, and go <laughs> exert energy right now when you can wait a week or two, see what injuries happen, because unfortunately injuries are going to happen. We hope that's not going to be the case here in Carolina this year, like a significant one. And J.C. Horn is still something that's not supposed to be considered a long-term issue. We'll see how that plays out through over the next couple of days and hopefully not even weeks and months, but we'll see how it – Plays out the next couple days when he gets out there. Hopefully he's out there at least by Saturday when they have the back again again to get a back together again Saturday. The whole NFL thing they do now on the NFL Network when a bunch of fans will be out there at Gibbs Stadium at Wofford. So we'll see how that plays out. So if anything, probably won't see. We'll see a signing. I would, I would expect. Like I'm recording this 4:30 Wednesday afternoon. I'm sure by the time I post this and y'all listen to it, Scott Fitter would have already taken care of a signing because that's just how kind of what happens when you record a podcast. News comes out after you're done. And I expect it to probably be a defensive tackle or an edge rusher. And might be Shelton or Carlos Dunlap. We'll see. Let's go wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Talk Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Again, guys, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. And rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow me on Twitter. At Julian Council, where tomorrow I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show, either at me or DM me at Julian Council. Get those questions in as soon as possible, as I usually record later on in the afternoon on Thursday. So get those questions into me as soon as you can. I will continue to break down what's going on at Carolina Panthers training camp throughout the rest of the upcoming weeks. Going to try and get some guests on here. I'm working on doing something with Sam Mills as he'll be going to the Hall of Fame next weekend I believe uh, Darren Gant who is our friend over at Panthers.com I'm hoping to work something out with him to get him on the show because honestly guys I don't know too much about Sam Mills I know the whole keep pounding thing I know he's a coach here of course we know his battle of cancer but Darren is a guy who's been around for a long time and I was talking to him last week knows pretty much everything I think he's like writing a book about Sam Mills he has a long thing coming on Panthers.com He'd be the perfect guy to get on here. So hoping to get him on as he's having to stay in the dorms, which is hilarious to me. So you got a lot of things working out here. Things should be great shows coming up here. So just, again, keep it locked here right here on Locked on Panthers. But until tomorrow, be safe. Uh, stay cool and hydrated as it's a very hot one out there. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Friday. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 